if thousand people say yellow and I say green and I stick by it, that's conviction. It's essential to build conviction and resilience to achieve your goals. Let's see how. Tune into this episode. Hey there, I'm Vishani Nigam and you have tuned into my first step ever podcast. I realized life's too short to postpone your dreams and too long to live someone else's. So after failing thousand times, I'm finally on a journey to fulfill my dreams of impacting people's life through what I do the best, entertain and educate through podcasting, digital content creation and thought leadership. On this podcast, I uncover stories that help you see why you must do what you want in life build conviction to follow them and how to build systems to sustain them and if you are an entrepreneur or a brand seeking exactly the same then i'm up for a chat on my instagram handle which is at my first step ever underscore in but for now if you want to achieve your goals and build never failing systems then what are you waiting for let's get started welcome back on my first step ever if you have the will to learn each and every day even though you fail but you don't shy away from learning from your failure then you are at the very right place at the very right time educating yourself and keep learning every day is something that can help you become the better version of yourself every day now that's something worth living for and today I have a guest speaker who is doing exactly the same in fact much more than that for a lot of people across the globe. Please join me in welcoming Alan Lazarus. I liked that intro and thank you for the kind words. I'm excited to be here. And like I said I researched your show and I read the description and it's very aligned for me so so let's rock and roll. Likewise and I think that's why our audiences our listeners will have a power packed session today but before we get into this and I ask you questions that I have I like to introduce you to my listeners a bit more in depth Alan is the founder and host of the Next Level University a global top 100 self improvement podcast wow with more than 850 episodes reaching over half a million people in more than 100 countries now that says a lot about his consistency the product that he's producing what people are liking and that he's at the right place and we are at the right place with him today he also believes in hard driven and no bs approach to inspiring motivating and educating others on what really takes to get to the next level now something really challenging happened in his life which changed his mindset and that's why it made him question who he is and the decisions that he's making in life probably something that we do all the time so now he's on a mission to help others maximize their potential and design lives and businesses they love in their own way so alan once again welcome welcome to my first step ever and let me just dive into the first question that i have for you absolutely thank you it's often said that children are very impressionable and whatever they go through at the early stage of life it just kind of you know they get molded into that and that's how the mindset becomes for the lifetime so i like to know from you that something very very uh, sensitive and very difficult happened with you in your child childhood 
What was the experience and how did that mold you then? Yeah. So I'm 33 now. And so I just want to make it clear up front that I'm reflecting on this and I didn't fully understand it back then. I think I understand it at a deeper level now than I ever did. So when I was two years old, what you were referring to is that my father passed away in a car accident when he was 28. And so I grew up, I was raised by two women. So my older sister, she was three years older than me. She raised me with my mom. So my mom and my sister, I did have a stepfather from ages three to 14. My stepfather left when I was 14. But my story in a nutshell is that I spent my whole life hearing stories about my dad. His name was John, John McCorkle, actually. And, and my last name is actually my stepfather's last name. My mom gave me that choice to take his name. And so I heard stories about John my whole life. When I was 26 years old, I got in a, a really challenging car accident. And in my speeches, I often show the picture of my dad's car and the picture of my car. And they don't look very different. And so I'll, I'll tell that story briefly. I'm up in New Hampshire with my little cousin. I'm working in corporate at the time, and I'm, I'm making a lot of money. And um, I'm working in industrial automation as an outside sales engineer who sold industrial automation equipment into uh, manufacturing facilities. I was man managing three different states at the time, my territory. I'm up in New Hampshire. It's Friday night. It was 2015, and, and that winter was so bad that the snow was actually above the signs, the road signs. There was a yield sign that was covered at this three-way intersection, and so I ended up on the wrong side of the road. I was supposed to yield and didn't. And then in front of me, I saw what I thought was a Mack truck. And so I was looking down at the GPS, and I looked up, and I thought it was a Mack truck because it was these bright lights that were really high up right in front of us. And so I had that moment for sure of, the, there's no way we survived this. This is the end. This is it. Now, fortunately, it was not a Mack truck. It was actually a lift-kitted pickup truck that had one of those really high lift kits on it. Up in New Hampshire, there's a lot of those. Fortunately, I'm also driving a 2004 Volkswagen Passat, which I used to call this car the tank. It was a German-engineered steel trap car, and it the airbags did deploy. So my, my cousin and I are actually physically okay, even though the car is completely totaled and smashed. Physically, I'm okay, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, I am just beyond rattled. I, I was It was very traumatic for me. I remember I was sitting in an armchair drinking whiskey and I was, I was questioning everything that night. I was questioning the way I lived, the man that I'd become, my life. What if that was it? I had all this regret and remorse and guilt and I wasn't a bad guy, right? I always aimed high. I got straight A's in high school. I did really well in corporate America. I was an engineer. I got my master's in business. I did a lot of really good things in my life and I always had pure intentions, always. And, and that's something I can say wholeheartedly. But I had a drinking problem for sure. I grew up around a lot of alcohol and I partied too much and too often. And the company I was working for at the time actually was work hard, play hard. That was their motto. It was, it was a company called Cognex, work hard, play hard. And I used to say work hard, play harder. And so in hindsight, it's obvious that I grew up in what I now refer to as a pleasure centered paradigm. It's a deep belief that life is about having fun. Now my paradigm is completely shifted and that's what that car, uh, car accident did for me. My new paradigm is a principle-centered, mission-driven paradigm. And my new paradigm is that life is about maximizing my own unique potential and helping others do the same. That is what I believe is my calling, my purpose, my mission. And so after 26, I had all of that um, regret and remorse. And I have a quote that I say, you can't see the stars during the day. They are always there, but sometimes it takes the darkness to see clearly that which you simply could not within the light. 
And so there was two stars that I had never seen before. One in particular makes perfect sense. So I'm sitting there in all this regret, right? Questioning all the choices I made and, and what if that was it? And all that. I found a book by the name, uh, an author by the name of Bronnie Ware. The book is called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Okay. Now, the book was always there. This is a world-renowned book, but I didn't notice it. And so what a coincidence, right? I'm having all these regrets and I almost died. Remember, my father passed away in a car accident when he was 28 and I almost died at 26. So for me, this was a lot. And I come across this book, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. To this day, and here it's now seven years later, was it 2015, seven years later, Seven years later, and I have a flashcard in my pocket. I'll be honest, it's right over there. <laughs> I should have put it in my pocket. It's usually in my pocket. And it has all five regrets on it. And the number one regret of the dying, Bronnie Ware was in hospice. She worked with these terminally ill people for eight years. She was taking care of them, and she noticed these same regrets over and over and over again. I wish, I wish, I wish. Number one regret of the dying is I wish I lived a life true to myself and not what others expected of me. And so that was what I used to do. I used to do what others expected of me. You know, I felt like I was everybody's best friend. And I, I remember I was going to be in 11 different weddings. And now I don't think I'm going to be in any weddings, to be honest with you. And the reason why I say that is that now I finally started to to listen to that still inner voice, that intuition, that calling that we all have. And I stopped really seeking external validation. Now I still struggle with this, but I'm way better at it now than I ever was. And so that's really the the lesson from from my story, which is if you're out there and you believe, you, you've been taught to believe or conditioned to believe that what is best for you is not what's best for others, what I'm saying is this. If there's anything this world needs, it's more fulfilled people. I'm writing a book right now called Optimizing for Fulfillment. To me, the best two teachers in the world are fulfillment and regret. Fulfillment is the soul's recognition of alignment with its highest self. And regret is the soul's recognition of misalignment. In other words, your core values, your core beliefs, your core aspirations, you're outside of alignment. And so regret and fulfillment, those are your two teachers. Those are your guardrails. And ever since that day, now we have global show and all this awesome success and 14-person team, 20 clients all over the world. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Love it. But it all started from this place of rebuilding my life from that new paradigm. You've actually gone through a quite an uh, interesting phase in your life from your childhood to your teenage where everything's sort of making sense for you. But I'm sure like even what we heard right now, you know, why things changed for you and how you thought about them later on. What would be really difficult for you is to exactly go through that each day. That must have been a tough journey for you. Are you able to take us through your early childhood days? Were there any sort of regrets or were there any sort of challenges? Maybe one challenge that you faced and that kept kept you away from doing things that you wanted then, like not before you became like 26 mm -hmm. years old. My childhood was very, very challenging. I grew up around a lot of non-aspiration. So aspiration means you, you aspire to greater. You want to be better. You, you have goals and dreams. I didn't grow up around that. One of the reasons I'm so all in on personal development and self-improvement is because I believe that 
self-improvement and the integrity of the individual is what will change the world. And it certainly would have changed my world growing up. I grew up around a lot of alcohol and a lot of a lot of pleasure-centered paradigm. While I don't want to get too deep into that rabbit hole, what I will share with you is this. When my stepdad left when we were when I was 14, he left my family when we were when I was 14. We were fairly well off financially because he made a lot of income. He didn't make that much income. It, it seemed like a lot back then. Now from this new frame, he didn't make that much money, but he made a lot compared to where we were back then, right? And so we went from, you know, in the early 2000s, we as a family were buying and customizing a yacht. Uh, it was a quarter million dollar yacht. When he wanted to leave, my mom and stepdad made an agreement that he would get the yacht and we would get the home. And after that, I went from our family building a custom yacht to I literally got free lunch at school because our income was so low. And so that was a real, and I'm really grateful for it now. And yeah, I'm a super positive guy, but like the reason I'm grateful for it is because it gave me a ton of perspective at the time. It was one of the most painful experiences ever of like losing my stepdad, my family, quote unquote, falling apart. And, you know, me going from getting the Xbox and the Dreamcast and all the computers and like the nice things to now we don't have any money. And then I just had to work my butt off in school to get financial aid and scholarships and go to one of my, my dream school, which I did go to. But that was a huge turning point for me where at 14 years old, I felt like I had to, on some level, become the man of the house for lack of better phrasing. And that was really, really hard. That was really, really traumatic for sure. I'm so sorry that you had to go such extreme experiences. A lot of us, even people who are listening to us, I'm sure each one of us have gone through some heartbreaking moments in their life. But these are some extreme experiences that either can really break you or, you know, make you as you did in your circumstance. And I think you touched upon something very interesting. You, it, it was like you had a good life, something that a lot of people are like aspiring for, but then suddenly it was like taken away. And then you had to start from the scratch, as you mentioned. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I think that's life that happens to each one of us at certain point in time in different forms. You know, it could be like, in your case, it was a near and dear one leaving you. In a lot of other cases, it could be their career. It could be, you know, some a particular project that they're working on or even at school or when they're growing up about maybe making plans with friends. These are like at different variations and different level of complexities, these situations are. But ultimately, they leave us with the same feeling, with a different degree of, you know, sorrow, I would say. But this is what it's all about, the resilience and the attitude and will to bounce back. And we are so glad that you're here. You're able to share with us the situations that you were put in and how you bounced back out of it. So as we're talking about bouncing back, this is what I would really like to discuss now. So how did you take your first steps towards your venture? If you're able to, you know, describe that in the detail and so that people who are listening to us, they know what are the steps that they can do. Yeah, so I'll share that story. And I appreciate that you have more reverence for the struggles and the challenges than you do for the success because we have this simple formula at nlu at the four s's it, it's sacrifice struggle suffer 
and then success. And if you want level 10 success, you're going to have to sacrifice at level 10, struggle at level 10 and suffer at level 10. And one thing that I will say, I'll tell this quick story. I was a little kid and we were at Point Sebago is this lake up in Maine. And this is when my stepdad was around, but we, I remember my sister, she was three years older and I was competing with her who could bring home the most first place ribbons. Cause they had all these activities. They had basketball and they had uh, tennis and they had running and they had all these activities. One of the activities was you had to run an 800 meter around the lake, this little side lake. It's not actually Point Sebago. Point Sebago is huge, but on the beach. And if you've ever run on the beach, it's like ridiculously challenging. And it was in the hot sun at like, and I was just a little kid. I think I was probably like 11 or something like that. And it was, there was no age groups because this was just a fun activity at Point Sebago for people on vacation. Right. And I was running against teenagers. And so I'm a very competitive guy and um, I won, right? I beat everybody by a pretty significant margin. And my mom asked me, she's like, I don't get it. Like you never run. You, how did you beat? all those other kids. And I, I was just a kid at the time. And now I get it. Right. I said, mom, I can suffer more than all those other kids. And the reason I tell that story is because I think resilience has always come naturally to me because I grew up in such a challenging environment. And for someone who didn't grow up, didn't lose their father at two and didn't have a stepdad and, and didn't have um, some of the challenges that I grew up in, resilience might not come as naturally. And it's important to understand resilience and the part that it plays. So I've had some really dark moments in my life, but I always found a way to come out of them a, a better man and, and holistically too. So to answer your original question, what are some tips that I have and what was my early venture? So, so when I was making all that money in corporate and I got in that car accident after that, I quit corporate and I started my own venture and it was called Alan Lazarus LLC. And I wanted to be a speaker and a podcaster. I started a podcast called Conversations Change Lives because I was looking at my life and I was like, okay, what made the difference? Like, why is it that I was so successful and so many other people aren't successful? What, what made the difference? And it was, it was, I always, I always had these deep conversations with, with incredibly intelligent people. And I was always asking questions and studying. I used to get made fun of a lot in high school for asking dumb questions, right? So it was deep conversation. So I had a slogan. It was called what you'll never learn in school, but desperately need to know. And desperately was in all caps. And now it's obvious, but that's not a good slogan if you're trying to go into high schools and colleges and speak, right? <laughs> so anyways, I had a podcast called Conversations Change Lives. And my first guest on the show was Kevin Palmieri, who's now my co-host. And he had a show called The Hyperconscious Podcast, and I was the first guest on his show. We were hosting a collaboration called The Hyperconscious Podcast Meets Conversations Change Lives Podcast, which is a terrible title. So eventually, we just went all in on The Hyperconscious Podcast, and then 350 episodes later, we rebranded to what is now Next Level University. And it's holistic self-improvement in your pocket from anywhere on the planet every single day. We do an episode every day. It didn't start there, right? Now we're actually listened to in over 120 countries, which is amazing. 14-person team. I have 20 clients all over the world, different industries, different backgrounds, business clients, all that. And that's all great. Okay, seriously. But I'll never forget landscaping on the side for four hours, four hours in the hot sun uh, when I didn't have money. See, it's really cool now. 
for Kevin and I to say that our first studio was in my sister's old bedroom and that our second studio was in my mother's basement. See, that's really cool now, but at the time it did not feel cool. But I just never lost sight of if we work hard enough and we work long enough and we add enough value to enough people and help them improve the quality of their lives, we will succeed. And I told Kevin, I said, we will succeed. We will. And now, I mean, it's awesome because we're succeeding at a high level and we haven't, we haven't pumped the brakes at all on the work ethic side. But the reason I'm saying this is I think to go back to my original point is resilience. I think we want to believe that, that we don't have to suffer. And I, I just don't believe that. I really don't. And, and people who do have a pleasure-centered paradigm and they have this deep belief that life is supposed to be easy or it's supposed to be fun or it's supposed to be enjoyable, I think it messes with the human psyche. Because life is challenging and it's supposed to be challenging. And I'll, I'll say this. My girlfriend is the hardest working person I've ever met. She's unbelievable. Okay. She's, she just every second of every day without any exaggeration is just trying to get better every day. And she has her own podcast too. And we have our own little business together, but she has the right paradigm. And the paradigm is this life is challenging. And I remember I asked her, I said, sweetheart, can you grow without challenge? And she's like, no, (laughs) I'm like, okay, can you be challenged without any pain? And she said, no. I said, why is it that we're all avoiding the one thing that's the most necessary for growth? Pain. We all avoid pain. It's called a pain avoidance tendency is what psychologists call it. If you can override that, going to the gym is painful, but it's good for you and you have to do it. So for me, I just, I just relegate it. It's going to suck and I don't want to do it. doesn't matter. I'm going to do it anyway. So I'm going to go to the gym after this, I swear to you. And unless a meteor hits my house, I'm going. Not because I want to, not because it's fun, and not because I like kale. No one does. But because it's going to benefit me in the future. And so investors relinquish current pleasure for long-term return on investment. And I'm an investor and and everyone out there, you can do the same, but suffering is a necessary part of that equation. And I think anyone who says it, it isn't usually is not as fulfilled as they could be because I believe fulfillment is growth and contribution and quality of life. And the only way to actually do that is through challenges and pain and suffering. Incredible. This was such a different perspective that is brought to my first step ever so far, I would say. Uh, We have looked up, you know, to the initial steps that take us through the challenges to build to the first step. And I was very certain that there are a lot of sacrifices and failures that one goes through to, you know, come to the first step. And today, I'm so fortunate that we were able to discuss that in detail. And that is a very great point that you have made, Alan. I would really like to emphasize again for the listeners that whatever suffering that you are going through, whatever challenges that you're going through, it is all worth it. But also keep in mind that which direction you're going to. If you're suffering in a direction, you know, that you really don't want to go to, it is the most you know, unfulfilling thing. But if you're suffering in the direction that you want to go through, 
it will pay off and i think in a way you will like the suffering anyhow so this is what i say you know whenever i start my podcast that life is too short to live to, to live your dream but it's too long to live someone mm-hmm. else's and that is because your pain and suffering multiplies if you don't want to go that way but thank you so much alan i think in this short span of time we have dived deep into the human psychology what is really that can help us you know sort of come back on the track if we are lost somewhere or make a start if we haven't yet or to acknowledge our emotions and feelings that are so true to human emotion and human life so thank you alan and before we leave our guest speakers to say bye we just always request them to leave our listeners with recommend a book that they think one should read in a lifetime and also their favorite quote or saying okay so i'm going to give two books and i i really appreciate this so the the first book is what i believe to be the most important book ever written which is the compound effect by darren hardy and no it's not the most important book ever written because darren is the best author it's just the most powerful concept the compound effect the law of compounding is what einstein called the eighth wonder of the world if you don't understand the power of small seemingly insignificant choices compounded 1% improvement per day for one year is 37 times better and if you do it for another year you're 37 times better than that right and so the compound effect most important book ever written i believe but in the light of this episode and the theme of this episode a man's search for meaning by victor frankl i believe is one of the most beautiful and truthful articulations and studies of human nature and human suffering which i do think is so important it's it's on my bedside table actually and i read it almost every night because it reminds me that suffering's a part of life and i might as well be suffering toward my dreams like you just said rather than suffering in what sigmund freud called quiet desperation of not being fulfilled not achieving your dreams not achieving your goals not maximizing your potential but yet pretending you're happy There are a lot of pretenders out there that are pretending to have magnificent relationships and pretending to have wonderful careers and pretending to have that Facebook or Instagram worthy photo when in reality they're deeply unfulfilled. So no more pretending. Let's let's cut to the chase here and let's ignite the compound effect to make our lives better. The people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Steve Jobs said that and this is something that I've had. Steve Jobs has been a hero of mine ever since I was a very very young man. You're not crazy. You're just unique. I've been told my whole life I'm crazy. Like I'm going to get straight A's. It's like, what are you crazy? It's like, well, I'm going to make six figures out of college. It's like, what are you crazy? And I did all those things, right? And and I I used to believe that eventually people would stop calling me crazy when they saw that I always did what I said I'd do. And it never stopped. It's just it's still going. And it's like if they were to actually look at my track record, they would see like, oh, well, he said that and it happened and he said that and it happened and he said that and it happened. they're not connecting those dots right they don't care they just think i'm crazy cuz i actually believe in myself and so believe in yourself have the courage to be called crazy and i promise you you'll have a more fulfilling life than the people who are not chasing goals and dreams one thing that i would like to emphasize and maybe reinforce and i want my listeners to really see over here is that whatever alan is speaking he's actually doing whatever quote book or the way he lives his life he has shared he's actually doing it it's all over his bedroom his on his bedside and he's really practicing what 
he is sharing with all of us. So thank you so much, Alan. It was such an amazing, amazing time with you, honestly. And I think this half an hour has just added so much value to a lot of our lives. And thank you so much for being on my first step oh, ever. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this and I love the concept and the way I knew when I read the description that I was going to love it. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And anyone who's listening, please reach out. I am going to leave links on my first step ever Insta. If you want to reach out and do listen to the this global top 100 self-improvement podcast, which is Next Level University. Because I think it's all about what you're hearing today over here and definitely in much more depth. So thank you so much, Alan, once again. Hi, my friends. If you have reached thus far today, firstly, thank you so much. It really means that you have learned something out of today's episode and you have enjoyed. So why don't you share it with me and let me know that what is that you have learned and what would you like to listen more in the upcoming episodes? I love to build a relationship with my viewers and audiences and know what really is that helping them. So you can follow me on my Instagram handle, which is at my first step ever underscore IN and subscribe to my YouTube channel for weekly video updates. And yes, if you like what I do over here, follow my first step ever on Google, Apple or Spotify and please drop your rating my show and comment well this can be a way you can help me achieve my dreams to reach out to millions who need to hear this as i help you in your journey in taking the first step ever until next time start believing in yourself and most importantly keep believing in yourself